Hey guys, welcome to the Inside Scoop uh, Youth Soccer Podcast. My name is Neil Crawford and I'm your host and I'm also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. Uh, if you don't know, Anytime Soccer Training is a website that we're launching this summer that's going to host over 200 hours of follow along ball mastery videos covering all the major areas of individual skill uh, development. I encourage you to check out the website at www.anytime-soccer.com to learn more and also uh, to get access to over 100 free videos that we're doing as part of the promotion. Okay, so with that being said, let's start the show. Again, my name is Neil Crawford and I'm your host and I'm very excited that we have a special guest here named Remy Dijon, who is a coach in Manchester, uh, England with the Fletcher Moss Rangers. That's and correct. yes, and many of you are gonna have heard of the Fletcher Moss Rangers, or if you haven't heard, you definitely heard of many of their uh, graduates. Uh, and I, I wanted to talk to Remy first because they just published an article where seven of their U9 players, players signed with Manchester United Academy. Okay. And they've had a history of producing top talent that goes on to sign in these other academies. Yeah. But let me get this straight. The inside scoop is not specifically about uh, academy soccer. The inside scoop is a podcast dedicated to uh, parents who want to learn more about the soccer journey and the soccer pathways of players in the particular cities around the world. And, and the way we're gonna set this show up is I'm gonna pretend, which is gonna be easy to do because I have two sons, 10 and six, that I'm moving to Manchester in England and, Re and Coach Remy is gonna give me and you some insight on what the soccer journey is like for uh, youth in Manchester. And he has a particular insight because he's gone through the journey. He has a younger brother who's gone, gone through the journey and he's coaching kids who have gone through the journey. So I'm excited about this show. I'm sure you're excited about this show. And so with that, I'm handing it over to Coach Remy now. Thank you, what a great introduction. Okay guys, I'm Remy Dijon. I'm 24 years old from Manchester, England. And I am a coach at Fletcher Moss Rangers Academy, going through, I specialize in the pre-academy age group. So to be specific, from five years old up until eight, nine years old. And I have been coaching for about six or seven years now, four years solid with Fletcher Moss, a great club, great foundations run by great people, a non-profit organization that caters for all kids and all abilities bringing them through their football journey, right from under sixes all the way up to uh, adult football. And we have had huge success um, with our plays from you know the younger age groups right to the older age groups. But it's so important to realise that, yes, there's many success stories um, that have come from our club. For example, Marcus Rashford, Jesse Lingard. It's also important that we look to raise good people with respect and show them the pathways in which you know being a good person comes first and football comes second so i personally specialize in the younger age group that we've got top coaches right up until the adult ages and 
yeah, that's that's a bit about me. Okay, so the way this um, podcast is going to work, and thank you for that, is I'll give a two-second uh, uh, introduction to how it works in the States, and then you're going to tell me how it works in Manchester, and, and we can juxtapose the differences. Mm-hmm. So if someone told me they were moving to the North Carolina, Cary, North Carolina, where I'm at, and they want to sign their son up or daughter up for football or soccer, here's what I would tell them first. Well, we basically have three broad levels. Recreational, coach, mommy and daddy are the coach. They practice once a week and they play on the weekend, maybe eight to 10 weeks for a season and it's all for fun, okay? The next thing is we have a sort of in-between with what we call challenge, where it's a little bit more than recreational they could have a um, part-time professional coach and a parent helping out or not. Again, these children are there for fun and they will have zero expectation of taking the game, their game to the next level, but they want a little bit more than rec, okay? And those, those challenge programs are actually hosted or put on by the same academies that do the top flight. So in your case, uh, Manchester United would have a, and this is where it's probably different, they would have a academy, a challenge program, and a recreational program, all under the Manchester United umbrella. Then the final thing is, oh, and then I would ask the parent, if they're really competitive, they can, they can try out, and they're going to make probably a travel club. That's a general term for us for competitive soccer, typically a 10-month program. And within those travel clubs, there are various levels, with the top level being the closest equivalent you would have to your youth academy. There's a lot of detail in between, but there's three broad categories. The biggest difference, though, is no matter how good the kid is, okay, I don't, no matter how good, with rare exception, you, the parent is going to pay a considerable amount of money to get the academy level training. The okay. recreation, so just to put it in perspective, the recreational program may be the equivalent of $150 a year. The challenge program may be equivalent of $450 a year. Okay. And then the, the academy level 10 month could be anywhere from $1,500 to $2,000 a year, just to give folks, listeners some perspective. Okay. I don't care if that kid is lights out. In the younger ages, the parent is going to pay. If they make the top academy team when they get older, uh, some of those MLS academies, uh, most of the MLS academies, you can pay for free. Some non-MLS academies have uh, free for those top players. Mm-hmm. But in general, pay to play is part of our system. Okay, so that's, that's the U.S. when we talk about the structure. Oh, it's one more thing dealing with the structure. And those academies, challenge, and recreational are part of broader leagues that compete with other clubs within those leagues. And those leagues are organized by the states and U.S. soccer federations. And I'm giving the very short version, but basically they compete in these leagues. And they compete based on level of, uh, of competition. And you have to become a member of those leagues in order to compete with these clubs. And that's a basic overview. Okay, so 
in the UK, I moved there. I asked you, you know, how is it structured? What's the basic structure? What are you going to tell me to give me a big overview? Right, okay. So the, it all really depends on your age and your, your, your ambition, a lot of it to do with that. Um, so if you're coming here, I'm going to speak on the area which I'm most strongest for, and that's younger age groups that I know a lot about. Now, thinking about it, we have a lot going on, if I'm, if I'm really thinking about it, we have a lot going on. Let's take your average seven or eight-year-old, okay? So first of all, you can, you can gen generally find sessions everywhere, they're, they're everywhere, depending on where you go. So if you was to come into me, and let's say I had a normal general session going on, it, it, people tend to really hear, they tend to judge what you're like already so when you start playing you know the, the, the people tend to see what your level at as soon as you get playing so you can start off by going into a grassroots team so let's take that for example you go into your grassroots team and there's hundreds loads of those leagues and you just get playing on a sunday morning that will then if you have anything about you that's when it sort of opens up a lot but generally, a lot of kids just come over, they, they get into a grassroots team, and they, they get playing. And then that could last for however however long. And that initial grassroots team will have a combination of serious, or I'll say parents who have serious ambitions, of course. and kids with some natural ability, and then those who are just out there to have a kickabout? Of course, of course. So we, it, we tend to then, if, it, if I'm taking it as Fletcher Moss, for example, we tend to try to categorize them in the sense that the level of which they're at they'll be put with that group just to give them the best possible chance to succeed and enjoy the game because there's no point putting a kid that you know you're just trying to learn the game and you're not really they're not really in it for that putting them in the top team so from like five from four to five to six we sort of see where they can where they can slot in and then they're in their team and they start playing on a Sunday or a Saturday morning. So that's the start of it. And then the coach will look after them for as long as they possibly can, um, hoping things go well. Within them teams, obviously, people have, you know, different expectations and, you know, why, why they do things. But in terms of Fletcher Moss and my experience, the, the kids that I started out with, they show early signs of having something about them. And then even from the five five-year-old, they could be a six-year-old. They could be going into what we call a development center. So take Man United, for example, or City or Liverpool or Everton, the top-end clubs. They would invite them into a development center, and that would be sort of the, the start of what could be something or absolutely nothing. That from five So, all right. So I'm a parent. Yeah. And let's, let's take two extremes. You see my son. Yep. And he is the next thing since Marcus Rashford. He's eight years old and, and, and Messi put together. And you see him just playing it and you're like, oh, my God, this guy. Do you say, hey, come to Fletcher Moss and we have a team and good coaching for you. And, and we think if it works out, you might get signed with a professional academy. Or are you saying uh, Manchester United has these trials every year and your son really should go? Like, what are you, what's the conversation you're having with the parent? And okay. how does Manchester United see this kid? Okay, so with that scenario, 
I think, if I'm genuinely honest, I think the club will probably find you before you find me because okay. the scouting network is is absolutely phenomenal. They, you know, um, if you would already been playing here, then they probably would find you before they find me. But let's say you come into me first, then we'll we'll get the ball rolling with training and you know games on a Sunday. Naturally, what would happen is the kid would get scouted for for a club, um, i.e., you know, Manchester United. And then they, they would take the journey from there. But the conversation I would have is just to stick with your grassroots as much as possible. Learn and, the basics. Yeah. Go through the motion. Enjoy the game. And then start to look into going there because it takes a lot of your time. So in terms of the grassroots uh, uh, commitment and level of coaching in terms of time, I signed up for Fletcher Moss and I'm a serious soccer player. Yeah. How many days of training, this this dude with the U nines, am I going to receive, or how many contact hours would I expect from okay. the club? So normally you well, I'm going to speak on my behalf because yes. obviously a lot of coaches tend to do how they want to. First of all, I want to point out that we're voluntary. So Fletcher Moss is voluntary. I I volunteer for Fletcher Moss. There's no there's no money involved. So everything I do, there's, there's nothing involved to it. So my team in particular, we train once a week. From under sixes right to under eights, we've trained once a week. And that's on a Friday night. And they'll play the first year they were with me, they played on a Sunday. So Friday and Sunday. The second year and going into the third year, it was Friday and Saturday. Now, the important thing to know is that even though they're training with me one day a week, they will probably play up to about three times a week, four times a week, being from six years old, potentially, till about eight years old. So they start very, very early, very early. But who are they playing? If they train with you once a week, who else are they? Normally they would start with me, and then if things go well, introducing a club. If you're just playing for me in general, then you won't actually have a club just yet. I'm talking prior to getting scouted. You'll just come on a Friday and you'll play on a Saturday. However, that's not the case. You know, you would, if they were to have got scouted, they might play train on a Tuesday, you know, come to me on a Friday and then play on a Saturday. So they could train with uh, Man City on a Tuesday and still participate with you. And Man City would be fine with that at that age. Yes, of course. And when they're playing with, Man City, are they, is it really structured or is it just, what is it, what, what is the environment like? Everybody's got their own philosophy and the way they go around things and how they tend to structure their sessions. And this is so important that when kids are five and six and they go into these places, they're, they're, they're adapting to what they're, they're asked to do, is that they've, they've, all, they've all got their same philosophy. So for me personally, when I coach my kids, I tend to try my absolute best to make sure that they have from, there's not much difference from what they would do at an academy to what they then do with me. Because we want to maintain the level. But yes, they, when they go to these clubs, each of them have a different philosophy. So I wouldn't talk on that too much, but they, they all tend to do things at different age groups, which is very important because as you get older, you get wiser, you get stronger, you get smarter in the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they go from there. Okay, so if we had to sum it up uh, and get some big takeaways, I moved there. I'm the next thing since sliced bread. Yeah. 
I train with Fletcher Moss on a on a Friday, yeah. and I'm probably doing really well on a Saturday or Sunday with a game. Yeah. Then I could possibly get scouted because if there's a big scouting network, and there and because I'm pretty young, they're gonna bring me into a developmental uh, center, yes. a developmental center. Yeah. But if I'm the next thing since Messi, do they give me a contract at that young age, or I'm still going into the developmental city? So you just be a just be a, de, a development center program. Okay. Uh, now, within that, there's also they've got the development program, but then depending on your age, which some clubs do it very differently, but depending on your age, you could be going more than once a week. You could be going twice a week, and then coming. So that's why I say kids could be playing up to four four times a week. Now, if you're the best thing since sliced bread. Yes, the, you're most likely probably going to be playing four times a week. So the repetition is very, very high. Okay, so now let's say that uh, I have the competitive mindset, which is going to be probably 99.9% of the kids, and I have potential, but, you know, I'm not signed. But I, as a parent, want my child to get the same – experience I perceive a kid who's already signed with Manchester United's developmental uh, centers gets. In the States, I can pay to piecemeal their experience. I can pay for clinics, which do more technical work, but it's just an independent operator that does clinics. I could maybe pay for a, per, a private trainer. That's gonna be more expensive, but that's obviously an option. And then I can pay for clubs who at least, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get into how good they are, but at least promote themselves as providing a, a quality training that's on par with an academy. Right. But, but, but in, the, in the UK, if, if I think my child has potential, but others don't see it, but I want them to get the same access to that kind of training, what are my options? Okay, so here, that's a good question. So they, we, here you have your, your grassroots level, but then you have a little bit in between the academy level and the grassroots level. And there is like private companies that will take your son in if you, if it's hard to explain is that there's a lot of money in between that middle, that middle point because they, they perceive to give you academy level coaching to grassroots kids. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, and that level is, they tend to say, well, our coaching's really, really high. So you would definitely develop rather than going in your grassroots team that the dad's the coach. And the only, the, the real motive about the dad being the coach is that the son wants to, their son wants to play football, which I totally understand that. But then if your kid is excelling in grassroots, which you'll be fine in grassroots, he's okay, he's safe and stuff like that. But a lot of parents will jump at the fact of going with these private providers because they think they can offer the better coaching and the better kids around them and the better environment, which they will then might offer two, three days a week. If I'm not already in a club, that that company can can sort of match that that guideline that you would be getting the same amount the academy kid is just in that private private sector of of training so so with that then there are two questions yeah in the in the scenario i just painted those clubs who are providing this and again they have 
I mean, my son is a member of one of those clubs. And I'm he's a member of one of those clubs because I believe in what they're doing. Okay. So it's no, it's no mo I'm not passing any judgment. So what I'm saying is, what my question is, do they have games in those private clubs? Are they part of a league? And then a follow-up question is, if your child is playing in a developmental academy with, say, Manchester United at U9, does that developmental academy also have games? Okay, so these academy, these private coaching companies that portray or that offer that academy level coaching to the grassroots kids, because that's a lot of their slogan to attract you to this scenario, to the scene, they do have game program. However, they play in exactly the same league as Fletcher Moss. Okay. So, yes, they have a game program, but, but they play in the same league as us. Second of all to that, a lot of them tend to tie this experience that you get with the private company that you will then play academy clubs. So this is where it gets a little bit tricky because if your son is in that, that, that setup, they say that, well, your money's worth is obviously the amount of times you train, the quality that you get, and you also get to go and play academy clubs, um, which is the development centre that we're talking about these kids are in. So if your son is showing signs, you know, if he's in that setup, whether he's showing signs or not, having the opportunity to go and play them clubs, that is an opportunity to also get scouted. It's a talent ID thing, it's a recruitment thing for the professional clubs that they do. They invite these private companies and they invite grassroots clubs, same with me, because I've done exactly the same programme as what the private provider have done in terms of the training. It might not have been the same times a week, but we still go and play these academy clubs for exposure and for the experience. So they play, they do that. But a lot of the private provided companies bring um, have that within their program that you get the training and you go and play these clubs. But they also play in the same league as us because there's only they they don't have their own league where all the private providers play each other. Okay, uh, they're gonna play in the same league. And it would be any better than what you'd get at grassroots, but that's a, that's another scenario. What was the second part of the question? And then, do the developmental leagues have their own gaming? The the academy developmental leagues have their gaming program. Yes. So this is where we get even more involved. Is that if you're seven and eight? Well, no. I'd be honest with you. If, even if you're six, seven, and eight, the pre-academy program. If we're taking it out of Manchester United, Manchester City, Everton and Liverpool, they all have a games programme. They all tend to invite your private companies, invite your grassroots and some academies even invite other academies to play against each other. Even though they're in pre-academy, they're not yet signed. Yeah. So they try to replicate what the signed boys do in a sense that this is what you would potentially get. This is what you're going into. Okay. Um, and they would also play other academies. So, yes, yes, yes that's, that's how it works. So, do grassroots clubs... Yes. So, you said... Well, I, I, I want to piggyback on one thing. So, you said you're a volunteer, but are all the coaching staff volunteers at your academy, uh, your grassroots club? Yes, we are. And is that indicative of the typical grassroots situation? Yes, majority of us are volunteers and the private companies tend to pay their coaches. And I just want to pick up on that a little bit is I feel like 
I can't speak for everyone, but for me personally, because I'm voluntary, everything, I, everything, it's not, it's almost like something I love. There's no, there's no ulterior motive to it. I'm not getting any money at the end of the month. So I want to do it because I love it. I'm not saying the private providers don't do that, but what I am saying is that there's, there's, I feel there's a slight difference. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Cause my son plays with the, uh, occasionally he'll guest play with the club and they, their coach is pretty much volunteer and is, yeah. it's yeoman's work. So I get it. I, and I, and we appreciate you. So then the question becomes two, how does the club fund its operating costs, whatever those are in, in, in general, and what are the parents' financial obligations to a grassroots club? And then I'm gonna throw this at you so you can talk. And then when Manchester United comes and says, we want your son to become part of this developmental program. And I always say son, cause I have two boys, son or daughter. Um, what does, what is the parents' financial obligations with the academy? So we got parent financial obligations, whether you're at grassroots or academy mm -hmm. and how does the grassroots is the does the grassroots club get money from the government, the municipality, parent fundraisers? What do they do? A parent or parent tuition? So that's a question in which I I'm probably the not, I'm probably not the best person to ask because I just coach for the club. However, what I do know is they from what I do know is the younger age group. No, I, I think it goes right across the board. They pay a standard fee of £20 a month. And that, I believe, goes towards the league fees in which you play in. Um, and then the training would be something, well, in my particular instance, the training for me is only £3. And that just goes towards the pitch that we're playing on on a Friday night. So it covers the pitch fees. Um, so, yeah, that's the obligation of which parents have. They pay us like a, a small signing and fee. Then they pay £20 a month for as long as the league's on for, which tends to go from September right up until um, May. Right up until May. So, September to May, they'll, they'll pay that. And the, the fees that the parents pay will go towards the league fees. Moving on to the clubs, the parents don't pay anything for the club coaching. It's free coaching. So they also see that as an opportunity to develop. It's, it's the only obligation you've got is to get in your car and get there, um, however you do. So they don't pay for the grassroots except for the, like, oh, they pay the 20 pounds a month and- Yes, if you signed up, you'll pay your, your 20 pound a month for the season long time. But they don't even pay that 20 pounds a month for the academy? No, you don't pay any money for the academy coaching. Okay, so parents really will hop on that. So, but do they, do you have, a, in your community, do, do you even find a 20 pounds a month to be a barrier to entry? Um, I'd like to think not, but everybody's got different circumstances, which I understand. Um, and I think personally from my experience and on behalf of Fletcher Moss, we tend to help the parent a lot. And um, we understand that, you know, different circumstances are going to happen when it we're in an area where you know kids come from places where they might not have a lot of money and it's it's understandable and our chairman is a very understanding person he's been doing this for many many years so when it's time to sort of understand where we're at they, they'll 
uh, pick up on it and then they'll just say, you know, when you can, just do what you got to do. Well, two things. Your parents would have a nervous breakdown if they came to the States to try to play football. And so with the fees, they, you're going to pay that much just just to the referee. And then the second thing is um, um, in the States, we talk about pay to play, and that's a major problem. Okay. But it's also the culture around pay to play because you're now creating a, pro a product for the sort of middle class, present company included, who have the flexibility to get off work, have the flexibility to be at the pitch at 4.30. All of these things uh, are part of our, our own issue of getting um, higher uh, retention rates, higher, uh, more kids out there and not turning kids and families away. And that's something that, you know, our uh, U.S. soccer is working on, but it's going to be a difficult thing to fix. Okay, so we got that. And then I'm just going to, for those who are just joining, we have Remy DeJong from the Fletcher Moss uh, Rangers, signed Marcus, uh, sent Marcus Rashford and Jesse Lingard are a few uh, notable alum uh, from Manchester United. He's talking to us about, and we're just having a conversation about how youth soccer is set up in the UK. And we're trying to educate parents, mainly in the States, on how their system works. And we're intentionally not getting into sort of the coaching philosophies and the development. While that's extremely important, that's for uh, another, another show, another opportunity. So we've established that parents are not really paying. At the most, they're paying 20, 25 uh, pounds a month. They make it to the academy. They're not paying anything for that. Your rock star kids will likely be attached to Fletcher Moss and play and practice once a week, maybe twice a week, uh, and play on a, a weekend. Yep. And then they will also have an opportunity to be in the, the pre-academy uh, with the Manchester United or Everton or Liverpool, one of the bigger clubs. So they could be on the pitch four to uh, four days a week at a minimum. We've also established that there are private companies that have cropped up that are, that are um, um, promoting themselves as offering academy level training for parents who want that. There's no judgment there. Um, it is what it is. And then we've established that if you haven't been signed with uh, one of these big clubs, the grassroots option is still an opportunity for you to develop. And if you blossom, uh, more than likely, the scouting apparatus for the youth players will find you. In the States, we don't have this type of scouting um, mechanism in place. In cities, and you remember the States, are so we're so big, right? In cities where there are MLS clubs, there's more of a, a scouting going on. But even that, uh, parents have to be a lot more proactive in sending coaches uh, video and stuff like that. Okay. Now we're moving on to, um, we talked about that. We talked about the full-time. I'm just reading my notes. So do parents join um, academy, uh, grassroots football, in your experience, and view it as a stepping stone to get into an academy system? And if they do, what's that dynamic been like for you in managing those expectations? Okay, so. <laughs> you might like, how long you have? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. So you're asking when parents come to grassroots football, do they have the expectation to move on yeah is this do you perceive that there's a material amount of parents because we know all parents are different that join your club 
and yeah. view it solely as a stepping stone to get to Manchester United, Liverpool, Everton, that kind of stuff? Okay, good question. Um, I believe with the reputation that Fletcher must have in particular, I believe they probably feel that that is probably the best place to start. Now, I must make this so, so clear and transparent that, yes, you might join a club or you might join like a private provider or, you know, a grassroots. You could essentially be playing, you know, the, here at Fletcher Must, we try to pick the best candidates to start the team, first and foremost. Um, so your DBS check, your safeguarding checks, all that things that you're supposed to do when you want to do a coach. And obviously, we, you could be your level one and your level two, but we try to get our level two coaches to, to run the team because, you know, it, it's the best sort of candidate to, to have. But parents that come to Fletcher Moss, they're probably already aware of the success rate in which we, we get in moving kids onto clubs. So, you know, you, that, that could also reflect in a, in a negative way because your pet, they, they could come with already having ulterior motives to eventually get, get signed or whatever else. And that's why I say it's important to trust the process and just enjoy the football first and then see what happens. Because in Manchester in particular, there's a lot of kids that want to be that next kid. There's a lot of kids that are going into these development centres and, you know, stuff of that nature. So I think it's important that those that come in as maybe a three-year-old into our soccer school is to just enjoy the game and let your kid, let your boy or your girl enjoy the fundamentals of football and friendships and the social side of, of the game. So let's let's talk a little bit about parent culture and uh you give me your insight uh, especially since you have uh, a brother who you're probably you're technically old enough to be almost old enough to be his his dad in the states i'm not going to say the majority of parents are like this at, com at the competitive level because they're not okay but there are considerable amount i'm one of them okay. who intentionally and specifically train their kids okay period full stop we're going out here on these days we're going to train and is it fun i would put a, i would put it in the category of learning how to play the piano yes the kid loves to play music but we got to practice our scales okay so are, what at least my time, I lived in London for 10 years. I, I, didn't, I didn't have a lot of friends who had kids at that time. I was a lot younger, but I don't perceive that as being the culture, especially my wife happens to be African, especially in your African um, cultures, Indian cultures, cultures where education, many West Af Indian cultures as well, where education is a top priority. I didn't see a lot of parents who took an active role in training their kids. Okay. What are you seeing now, you know, as you've gone through from, and when you juxtapose your upbringing to where we are now? Okay. Okay. Um, so parents tend to not really, you know, they, first of all, I'm going to say that they want their best for their kid. All parents want their best for their kid. They tend to bring the kid to the for the grassroots coach and they just tend to sort of leave them for the, their development for those parents that you know are getting that indication that their kid have something different and they they have potential they slowly tend to seek other coaching options 
So, like I say, even those coaching providers, they can also give you, you can be a part of their team, but you can also probably get into their one-to-one program or a masterclass program. And outside of that, like me personally, I also do my own personal training in terms of trying to develop kids. So in the sense of my brother, his journey is that he went through all these development programs as a six and seven year old, and then I done extra with him. Um, and if I shown you a video of what he was like when I was starting that to now, you'd be, you'd be amazed. No, I wouldn't mind saying that. Yeah, so, but when I first started coaching him, I didn't even have a team yet. I was just coaching him because he had an, in, he had an interest in playing. And we were just getting the fundamentals of, you know, ball mastery and stuff of that nature. So, yeah, parents tend to leave it up to their grassroots. And then if they start to show signs, they tend to look elsewhere for extra development. Because, like I say, most of us, we only train once a week. And you might then go to the development centre if you're in there. But before you get to the development centre, you might seek actually a little extra bit of coaching. Or the other way around, go into the development centre and get extra bit of coaching. So, and, and this is good, and I'm speaking to you because you have a, a younger brother. Uh, yeah. There's a big debate here because in the States, um, we have very popular sports, as yeah. you are aware, basketball, American football, uh, baseball. Mm-hmm. So there's a debate about um, should young kids specialize or, uh, or play all these different sports mm-hmm. until they get maybe pre-teen age and then decide to specialize, say, in, in football mm-hmm. or their chosen sport. And the, the debate falls along, along two or three major lines. One is, hey, they got to develop these skills and it requires a lot of time and effort, so they can't really whatever. Another one is, no, yeah, you can do a little bit of everything and then they, they have enough time to develop and specialize mm-hmm. later and also you'll have a more well-rounded athlete Mm -hmm. and then there's the more nuanced argument which is uh you know the extreme on either side is probably not the best so you you don't want to go four months without touching the soccer ball but you also don't want to lock them in the basement and only let them play soccer so what are you what are you seeing in the uk in terms of multi-sports, how interested are the kids in playing different sports? I know when I lived there, and I'll, I'll, I'll get your feedback, uh, they played basketball, but it really mm-hmm. wasn't, I mean, it really was only one thing I saw the kids playing. So you give me your, give me your opinion. That's also a good question. I feel like with the way the, the, the game is here and how involved you can be from such an early age you can almost sort of you know early specialize them because they can play for so much that the only time they would probably get something different is the school p curriculum where they might play something else basketball tennis whatever the curriculum may be but as soon as they come out of school the next session would be would most likely be football um, and that's just purely because of the, the hectic schedule that you could be involved with. A lot of parents tend to do swimming, which I think is amazing. I think it sort of gives you them life skills and, you know, gets you that little bit stronger. I think it's a great addition. Um, parents that I sort of speak to, 
I always encourage them to do other sports. It's, it's important to be able to be versatile. But a lot of them, you know, sometimes you get so, the, the programme is so, so much that you tend to forget about all the other sports. Yeah. And the kids also love it so much that it's like, okay, well, let's go and play football because you, they love it. That's all they think about here. Um, that's all they see it on TV and they, they, their friends are doing it. And it's so accessible that that's all they tend to do. So it's, it's a bit of an early specialisation, but we, nobody knows. No, nobody knows what, what they're going to end up being. So did your brother, for example, so here in America, uh, and my son, who actually, again, was born in England, but uh, is pretty much American for all practical purposes, loves soccer. Yeah. Expresses little desire to practice other sports. Mm -hmm. But really enjoys recreational, um, and I coach him, flag football. Enjoys recreational basketball. He's young. I don't know where he's going to land in the spectrum of, of sports when he gets older. But I just feel like, is, was that even a thing? Is that even a thing in the UK? Does your brother say, hey, dad, uh, uh, um, hey, Remy, do you, can you sign me up for basketball? Or, or do they even see it enough to have an interest in it? Um, so with, with his journey, he, 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 he also came through Fletcher Moss as well. And this was before I was actually officially coaching for Fletcher Moss, but he also came to Fletcher Moss and he was just doing the soccer school route. So he started with his soccer school, he was just enjoying the game um, and playing with his Fletcher Moss group on a Saturday or a Sunday and then training with his Fletcher Moss group and then sort of got into the, the development centres type, type thing. So with him, it was almost like he, he, he loved it from a very early age. So we just took him to where, to where he enjoyed. The, the reason why I say the school thing is because normally they're just going to school and play their, their other sports. But, you know, naturally in terms of my brother, he didn't really say, oh, let's go, I want to join a basketball team. I want to join a hockey team. You're just going into football. We, as a family, sort of seek other ideas and say, actually, no, he needs to make sure he gets extra schooling because that's important. He needs to also make sure he's doing his swimming because that's important. He also does uh, Mandarin and he, oh. we, we take him to do, um, um, uh, what's the sport name? I think it's, it's, it's similar to martial arts or mixed martial arts. Okay. Um, so yeah, we try to keep him well-rounded a lot. We also don't try and make sure that football, 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 football. So when he finishes football, football's done because it's, it, it's, it's no longer there. Um, so yeah, you, you can you, you can go down that route where you just play football, but you try to keep him well-rounded because his football programme is, is quite a bit. Okay, so, um, hey, this has been great. So I have a couple more questions and then we'll have a few more parting words and then uh, we'll wrap it up. Thank you. So when we start thinking about the level of play, are there grassroots clubs? And I hate talking like this when we're dealing with kids so young because they're they obviously going to change. But for the purposes of this discussion to help us get an idea of what we're looking at, dealing with, are there grassroots clubs that are better or have more talented kids than some of the academy developmental centers? Or a better way of saying it, a grassroots club, let's say in London, 
could have better kids because of just the competitive nature in the large city than an academy program in a smaller uh, in a smaller so town. First question for you. Um, so, wait, what was it again? Sorry. No, sorry. So I'm basically, I'm trying to get an idea of how grassroots soccer compares to academy soccer. And let me just say this from the state's perspective. Okay. There will never be a challenge team or a recreational team, never, that's better than your travel club. Okay. Just because of the contact hours, the level of commitment, yeah, everything. Yeah. But grassroots doesn't fit nicely in that box. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking if I'm moving there and the choice is, and I'm going to completely make this up, a top grassroots club in London or a smaller academy program in one of your smaller towns, is it possible for you to say, even though it's grassroots, that's actually a better these kids are more competitive, a more better training environment than even the academy program. Or is it no, it's a non-starter. Always go with the academy. I don't care if it's the worst mm -hmm. uh, academy in the country. It's going to be better than the best grassroots program. Is that even? Okay, so that all depends on a lot to do with the club that you're in. So from my personal experience, which I coach the younger boys, like I said, the grassroots and private providers, academies invite you in to play them to, to, as a recruitment tool. So, for example, my team, a majority Man United, but first we're Fletcher Moss in my eyes, we're Fletcher Moss, and then externally, you know, we're Man United, but we have Man United kids. But we would then, for example, go and play Liverpool or be, have an option to play Burnley or have an option to play somebody else. Um, or pressing North End or whatever that may be, and we would actually give them a game. We would actually, in some cases, beat them. Um, now, is that a reflection of just me? No. I think it's a reflection of the fact that the kids also do a lot of training themselves, and they come to me and the philosophy that I have to, you know, enjoy and compete. So, but as you tend to get older, that's when the private providers tend to come in a lot more because they try to the window of opportunity gets smaller. So they believe that when you go to these private providers, they can give you that platform to go and play these clubs frequently. They offer this academy level coaching to grassroots kids. And they feel like, a lot of people feel like once they miss that under eights, under nines signing spot, that um, it's, it's, it's almost like, okay, let's, let's think about something else. When that's not the case, you could, uh, you could move into a club at any age as long as you continue to practice and learn and develop. But the private providers tend to do a lot better as they get older. For those that want to continue at that level, they get streamlined into them and then they, they offer them that chance to go and play the academy, academy teams. But I feel like as a grassroots kid, you'll find your level. There'll, there'll be a level for you somewhere eventually. So the grass, the top grassroots teams, they at the younger age group, they can always challenge the the what they already have, the academy kids in the development centers or the elite program. So when you start getting into you uh, thirteen, you fourteen, you fifteen, and the yeah. grass, this first of all, does Fletcher Moss offer those those age groups training? Yes, we, we do. And how would they? Um, compared to an academy 
team, like I mentioned. And, 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 it's, and another thing, too, it's so harsh to say Manchester United because now you're getting into the best of Europe, right? Mm-hmm. But still, just for the purposes of this, because you're in Manchester, how would they compare to, say, a Manchester United club? Could they exactly. even compete? So that's why I say the window of opportunity gets a lot smaller because the, the, the higher age group you go up in terms of grassroots, you might find the, the less interest there is to, to play, especially if you want to get to that level. Like I believe any kid from whatever age group, if they get the right amount of training, they, they, they have a shot, you know, they, 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 they have a chance. You just got to train and work hard. So when you get to them 13, 14s, 15s, I don't even think it's safe to go into Manchester United and try and play them as a grassroots club. <laughs> it just doesn't happen because the, the, grass, the, the, the academy programme at 14, 15, 16, they have their own academy programme. It's just when you get to the younger age groups that the recruitment is a bit less, it's a bit more, let's try and see everybody. And if somebody is a gem, at under 10s or 11s, which is year five and year six, um, it, it, they could potentially squeeze through, potentially squeeze through the door. But then 13, 14, 15 year group, it's, it's, they won't play, the, they won't play the, the grassroots level at all. And it, by the time they get to that age, especially an international club like Manchester, they're going to be recruiting from Europe. Exactly. So the doors are Latin America. Yeah. So then you really... Okay. Yeah. So if I plucked a, and I use your um, brother for this, if I, then again, let me, let, this, let me set this up with the States. Yeah. I took my son who plays in an, the equivalent of academy and put him into a challenge environment, which is the middle tier type where the kids are not as serious, but they're a little bit more serious than recreational then he would stand out. You would say, oh my God, this guy, this kid is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But it has nothing to do with him personally. It's just that's how our, our um, leagues and our um, structure is so regimented based, on, regimented based on skill level that if you pluck, pluck one of the travel club kids out and put them into one of these lower levels, they would really stand out. Okay. If I took... Your after your uh, brother was with say Manchester United for like two years, okay. So whatever year he came, let's say he was with them for two years, and I plucked him out and put him back into the grassroots environment. Yeah. Would you tell him? Could would I be able to tell immediately that this he's way ahead of the other kids, or it's not so the the, the, the talent is not so divided. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. That also depends on a lot on age. But if we're talking about my little brother, for instance, he's in the under 11 year group, 2021. Mm-hmm. So just coming to the end of his, his primary school days, he's coming into high school and then the, the next following year. If you took him out of... And what year was he born? Uh, he's in 2009. Okay, so he's an 09. All right, because mine is a, a 2010. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So if you were to pluck him out and put him into grassroots in particular he i personally think he'd, he'd stand out a lot and that is where for example when the under h year group the first year of signing going to under nines and they all go into the academies and everybody else is into still playing their grassroots because you got to remember there's a select few that get signed personally 
Um, I think it ranges from, you know, if there's 19 good enough, there's 19 get signed. If there's 23 good enough, 23 get signed, depending on the club. But once they all go, which is very small numbers, if you think about someone like Manchester United or City taking on the amount of kids that they do throughout the three years that they that they the doors open to then the doors sort of closing to getting signed, that's that's a lot of kids. And only like 20 get in or 22 get in. So that's a lot, that's a that's a massive percentage. But once that once the 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 boys are signed and then the 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 grassroots kids and then into their season, their next season of under nines or under tens, they then um, some of them will stand out. Some of them will stand out, and then they they could potentially get picked up that way, which I think happens quite quite often. Once or once or twice, it, it kind of happened where they they get picked up after everybody's sort of gone. If that makes sense, and that's why yeah. I say it's important to not really get yourself too hung up on this. On the first year of signing, because it could happen to you after. You just gotta, you just gotta keep working if that's what you're you're after. Yeah, and absolutely. So, so um, when we start thinking about the developmental, I, I want to throw a word out there. You you tell me how this applies. A phrase. I'm gonna throw that out there in a second. Yeah. But when we start thinking about how many kids are in a, say, a Manchester United per age group. Yeah. And again, let me use the states. The way it works here is the equivalent of Manchester United will, because they are funded by pay to play, they will accept pretty much any kid. But they have all these different teams uh, that are based on, and these teams are in different levels. So here they may have all these colors and it might be 10 different colors. And the first two colors are the, are the ones who have potential to become a professional footballer. Okay. And all the other colors, it's really just, they're just paying to keep the club afloat. But the parents are still, in some cases, are happy because they're getting, you know, the training. Okay. It's just different. My, my hypothesis is, and you correct me, Manchester United is U14, they're taking the equivalent of two teams okay or two one team I, I i don't know or but they're just not carrying that many kids because mm-hmm. that's just not how they're funded mm-hmm. by volume of kids mm-hmm. but what i don't know and i'm now the term i'm gonna throw out there is center of excellence i've heard that thrown out there where i had a, a friend of mine's son played in the center of excellence for luton town i think luton town where he couldn't he didn't break into the academy Okay. But he was good enough to be part of the system, constantly fighting to get into the academy. So some kids went to the center of excellence from the academy. Yeah. Some kids went to the academy from the center of excellence. And it was a yin and yang okay. until it was time at 16, 17 to either offer them a pro contract or cut them. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't make it into the academy by, I'm going to make this up, U16, then you got cut. Okay. So I'm throwing a lot at you, but I'm basically saying, like, for each age group, how many kids are we talking? And do they hold on to kids who are not there yet, but have some potential? Brilliant question. Um, so we, the, the, the groups, I'm talking about the, 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 the first year of signing in particular, the age group, which I'm, I sort of specialize in, in working with. 
they will pick, let's say, 20 to 23 or whatever the, the, the number is of, of signing. Now, a lot of clubs are starting, no, a lot of clubs do try and piece that in between in terms of, I should have picked on this a bit earlier. It's funny that you say this because let's say your son has potential, whatever their player profiling is, they will have a step below the the elite group, the, the group that I've signed. And, you know, in some instances, it's almost like you will get that program, but not that program, if that makes sense. There's a space for you. You can still attend in a different program because you might, you know, you might have something, but you're not quite ready for that level. But you're too good for grassroots, even though you can still play grassroots and be in that specific program, might I add. You can still be in that center of excellence type program, still play your grassroots where you should be allowed to, I believe. So, and you still could be trying to get into that group, whatever, whatever age you are. So I know they, they tend to do it even, even before the academy signed players, you know, the pre-academy, the boys that aren't signed, they also have a group for them as well. So you have a top group and then you sort of have a middle group within that, within that group, if that makes sense. Yeah, the, the academy clubs, they tend to filter them in terms of you could be 13 and playing in a games programme or a training programme or both that is a talent identification programme to see if you can maybe get in there. And they might give you six weeks, then you might be there for two years, whatever it may be. And then nothing might come, in, come from it or something might come from it. They're just, they're just basically saying that, yes, we see something, but they might just not be at that level. So can we develop them and continue to, you know, be around them and hopefully they, they, they break through that, that. So the specific conversation could be scout sees your child, say they're U12. Yeah. Want to invite them in. Yeah. Invite them in and then they do whatever they do in terms of their analysis. Yeah. And say, Okay, he's not going to make the academy team, but we have a place for him. Is that the conversation they have with the parents? That's correct. They most clubs have a program in which you're you're there and thereabouts, so you, they, they 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 the club can you know nurture you and sort of help you because they feel like you've got something. Um, but you got to remember a lot of it, in my opinion, which is. I think is true. A lot of it, a lot of football is, is opinions. It's, it's opinions of what someone else, someone thinks. So you might think that someone's good enough as a scout, but then when they go into these places, they're not quite at that level or they exceed that level. And, you know, they, they, they push right through into programs. So if, if, is this a fair uh, way of describing it? Like I'm playing for you, uh, Manchester United's U12s, B team. It's not nece- it's not necessarily a team. <coughs> Sorry, it's not necessarily a team. It's more a uh, a, a, a training program. To be honest, it's almost an, an individual program. Yes, you're training with a lot of other kids, but it's mainly what you can do. So yes, you might be put with a group that could have been together for two months in this training program, and you play another team because they have a, they should have a game program because that's a good way to see. Um, where people, what level people are at. Um, but yes, they, they have like um, uh, groups that, that are considered 
a slot for, for somebody that is showing potential that they could potentially get to. And so, and when we put this in a bow, when someone is signed, what are we talking about at the various ages? Let's start with uh, U9s or whatever. When you say, oh, we have this many kids and they sign with Manchester, is it more like they've been accepted into the program? They're not signed in terms of a contractual arrangement or are they? Yes, yeah, so they, 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 you, you sign a contract, yeah. Okay, so then they can't just say tomorrow, oh, we got an offer from Man City, we're gonna go train there. Yeah, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Once, okay. once, once you know, you, you sign somewhere, you, you believe you will develop your kid the best. Okay. That's totally another situation, but, um, you, you know, for me personally, that's why I say being a volunteer and having the kid's best interest when I come to relate to the parents because I've done the journey, I try and give them my best advice possible for the kid and for the family for it to work for everybody. Because once you get signed into these into these teams, 99% of the time you will probably be there just as a starter pack for three years. Like until you're from under nines until you're under elevens mainly. Um, if you continue to, to develop, you, you'll be there for three years. So I want to give somebody their best chance of success and enjoying the game because what I, what I want to pick up on this is that here in Manchester in particular, you could get to any of these clubs. You can get to United one night, City one night, Liverpool one night, Everton the, the other night. It, it really, it can get like that. And it, it can be a lot. But for me personally, when the kids are playing at my grassroots team at Fletcher Moss, I've got their total best interest. And what they don't realise sometimes is what I try to make them realise early is that once you sign in these clubs, you could be playing for any person. So it could be you. You could be the under nine United coach. And they then realise that it's actually a journey. It's a real journey that you, that you go through. because the signing for a club is probably it's the hardest part but it's also the easy part but then it's the long journey that you have to go through and that's exactly what I'm going through with my little brother that yes it was amazing for him to sign now you're a part of the, the, the system and you're a part of I don't know Man United or Manchester City and you're enjoying the programme then it comes a point of wow like this is a lifestyle now like we're doing this every week and we're doing this every month and we're doing this every year for as long as it can last. So it's important to understand that it's a marathon and it's not a sprint and to enjoy the journey, embrace the journey, do other sports, be well-rounded, try not to specialise it too much because it, it, it really does take its toll um, on, on you as a, as, a, as, a, as a family and it's important to, to enjoy it. So yeah, that, that's what I'd say about that. All right, Remy, I think that I'm going to give you the final word. Okay. I think that was a great, um, a great way. I mean, I think that was a great, great interview. I learned a lot. And the biggest takeaways I got were, you know, there is sort of a pay to play system that's coming up in the UK to augment uh, training that you can get at the grassroots level, but the majority of families um, and kids are going to start in that grassroots level. Yeah. Another another takeaway I got was the cost. 
What I didn't ask, and you can touch on this before we go, is roughly what are we talking in terms of those private institutions? Roughly, I know you don't know an expert on it, but how much do they ask? How much do they charge? But the next takeaway I got is during those developmental, early developmental years, a kid can be attached to a club and still um, play with their grassroots. And both can have a gaming program, which then could increase their number of contact hours to uh, anywhere from four to five days a week. And so that's something that can be great in terms of development, but also something you you have to be mindful for. We know that it's difficult. You can join an academy and then be released and come back down to a grassroots. Mm -hmm. We also know that um, it's still possible at the older ages to make it, but those um, chances become a lot less. And we know that the talent starts to diverse a little bit as the kids get older because they're also recruiting international talent as well. But um, the biggest question that I had, which it sounds like we have covered definitely is in the pay to play system, while it has a lot of issues, technically I can pay for what is promoted to me as academy level training. And I didn't know if that even existed in the UK. And it sounds like, yes, there's always going to be some bad actors, but there's somebody out there at least telling you they can give you this. So you, but I don't know, you know, without seeing them, how good it is, how much it compares, where's the value add. I also didn't know that um, Fletcher Morris was majority volunteer, and I didn't know that majority of grassroots were um, a volunteer. And I think we'll have some follow-on questions for that, you know, probably in the in the comments in terms of what that looks like on the ground. Uh, and I'll link you to that and you're happy to respond. So, uh, and I learned a lot about your, your son's journey. I found that interesting because, you know, my son is the exact same age. So just trying to get a sense of, of what that would be like. Mm-hmm. So again, thank you. I'll let you have the parting word. So if you could just mention sort of, what you know about how much these private programs will cost um doesn't have to be exact but i just want to get a ballpark and then yeah just give us any other uh parting words okay um with the private providers um they they have their own sort of uh, agendas and stuff like that and i think they actually some of them do a really good job I, i i vouch for some of them um but i also think learn learn the grassroots side of it first and enjoy enjoy the game before you consider going into a private provider that can offer you this this and this and this and this but i also think that there's a place for that and you know they they have they also have their own success rate in terms of pricing um from from what i know ish obviously they're all slightly different but you know people could be charging up to 45 pound a month for what they might offer as you might get uh, two, two training sessions a week, you know, involved in a league, and then academy visits. Now, that's nothing too extra to what I would offer, but that's that's another story. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's nothing too extra to what to what someone like a grassroots coach could offer, apart from the extra training day. Um, but yes, there, there is a place for that. And yeah, um, that's that's a, that's an overview of sort of how it works in here. I feel like just hearing this conversation and actually being here is totally different. Once you're here and you're going through the system, you really have to 
be doing it to sort of understand it even more. Like I say, I'm, I'm a person that has a brother going through the system, so I can guide people the best way I possibly can, um, to, to my knowledge. But parents that are thinking about coming here and, and experience it, yeah, try it. But yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's a lot to it. There's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot going on. I mean, my, we were just there. I wish I would have met you. My brother-in-law moved. He used to live in Manchester. He moved uh, recently. So I will sum up my last words here. In the state, uh, soccer is yeah. becoming more popular. Okay. And youth sports is becoming more professionalized. And that's okay. probably overall not a good thing. But that's just where we are. Okay. But the biggest difference, and there are a lot, but if I had to summarize the biggest difference, our academies, again, are funded by the parents' tuition. Okay. So therefore, the incentive structure is just totally different. Where my perception of a uh, 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 UK academy, Manchester, whatever it is, their academies are an investment to find one or two players a year who can make an impact on the first team. 100%. Now, that actually has some disadvantages as well. Mm -hmm. Because all the other kids are just pawns yep. for those two. And oh, by the way, positions that we need. It ain't even like he's the best player, but we need him you know, right back. And that's what we try to do. That's my perception. And so where parents in the States are struggling with is, you know, how do I navigate these complicated incentives and get the best for my kids? And then there's just a curiosity. And this this podcast is supposed to be informative, informative, but also just entertainment to say, well, you know, what will happen if my kid was, I'm an actor, I want to be an actor. What will happen if my kid was living in Hollywood? You know, Manchester is Hollywood of youth soccer, right? So just how would their experience be different? What am I missing out on, if anything? And so for you, I would love for you to give it the, some parting words on advice on just how good does a kid have to be? I mean, are we talking, this is hard, it's so subjective, but are we talking they were born uh, running through other kids like you see on YouTube, or are we talking, hey, your, your, your um, brother was, you know, obviously decent, but he really blossomed with your hard work and training him or what are we what are we talking about in order to get to a manchester united we know that we get into the one percent when we start talking about marcus rashford right but even in that developmental center what are we talking about in terms of talent and i know that's subjective but it is it's, it, and a lot of it's to do with with opinions of course um but i feel like it's very smoke and mirrors because everybody sort of has their own philosophy first. They have their own way of recruiting children and player profile and what they feel would suit their, their, their philosophy and their standards. And, you know, it does happen where naturally you think, oh, that, you know, parents have the discussion and people have the discussion in general or coaches say, oh, that kid will most likely suit that style, but he's signed here. So that's just a whole different, different ball game in the sense that I wouldn't be able to specifically tell you, but I'd say, <clears throat> I would say that the, the, the standard is very high. It is, it is very high here. This is our number one sport. 
and you know, we we kids got on the ball from very very young, and for me personally, the the kids I've got in my team, I feel are special. They're they're very very good kids, and I can do nothing but congratulate them for getting into such club as Manchester United and Manchester City, because they're road worldwide clubs, and I feel they'll do a good job in nurturing these kids, and I hope they're the best for their journey. But the, the standard is 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 super super high, and I'd say before you even think about these clubs and signing for this and doing this and doing that, is just enjoy your football, enjoy being a kid, enjoy learning the game, and then if something starts to, starts to happen, we'll do with that and yep. we'll, we'll do that. But don't take away the fact that they're still six, seven, and eight. Just enjoy enjoy the game. Hey. There is nothing else to add there. Remy, we're going to stay in touch. And thank you so much. And I'm going to look forward to uh, reading some of the parent comments. They may have some questions once we uh, post this on Facebook. And I'll tag, I'll tag you on those as well. Yep. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, oh, and how are you guys? One more thing. How are you guys dealing with COVID? Uh, <laughs> uh, um. To have be you started honest, back. So just so we it's, it's May 31st. Have you yeah. started back any small groups work? So, it's funny that you ask because yesterday the government came out and saying that, you know, we could within the guidelines, you can do, you know, group sessions and you can do one to one training. Now, us as coaches are ripping our hair out because we just want to get coaching again, especially me. I just want to get going. But the, the main important thing is the safety of the kids first. So. What the government have said, uh, I think it was the 15th of May that they put it out, is over 18s coaching. So you can coach adults. You can you can do that. Um, and then they recently put out yesterday is that you can then start to coach the younger age group. You can put they specifically specifically put kids and they could do group sessions with them and one-to-one -one training with them. The problem that we're all having, in particular me, is I've not managed to coach at all since since March, since the lockdown, is that we're waiting for our local authorities, Manchester FA in particular, is to say it's acceptable to put group sessions on, it's acceptable to do one-to-ones. Even though the government have said it, we're still waiting for the go-ahead for the Manchester FA to say it. If they say it, because then you're not insured to even put anything on, it's not safe to do so. Um, and obviously for me personally, for everybody, in fact, should be kids' safety. So once we get the go-ahead for the Manchester FA to say it and other, other local authorities of, of the FA, then I'm sure we'll be able to get the ball rolling. And trust me, there's probably no one out there that's more excited than me. All right. Well, good luck with that. We're in the same boat here. And uh, this is very unprecedented time. But I will say for my son, it's made him appreciate and not take for granted uh, the opportunities to just to get out and play. So again, this is Neil Crawford with the Inside Scoop. Thank you for listening. We went over, but the, I just found the conversation so uh, just so engaging and so informative. Remy, I'd like to say thank you so much. Uh, this is Remy Dijon with Fletcher Moss uh, Rangers. I will link his uh, contact information below. Feel free to uh, ask him anything. He's obviously very warm and welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much.